I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Thanks for picking it up. I had no idea who was doing the spiel. I got you. I I got you. I had a moment of like pure panic and then you just picked it up and then I knew all was well. No worries. No worries. I was like, oh fuck, we didn't talk about this. You know, for as long as we've been doing this show, like four years in, it's true chaos at the beginning. Like every time there's still panic every time. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because we're putting this out into the world. Yeah. You never know. We're vulnerable. (laughs) We're so vulnerable. Just be nice to us. (laughs) We're super sensitive. We're water signs. (laughs) Honestly, they're like, we know. We we've heard a few times. We got it. We got it. Uh, Well, listen, listen, I only picked one news topic this week because I knew that you had something on your mind. (laughs) And I was like, if I try to be overly ambitious here, we're not going to get to everything. So I'm just going <laughs> to let you. I'm glad you know me so well. There's so much to unpack. Do you want to tell your story first or do you want me to start on my fucking rant? Why don't you go first? You okay. go first. So I want to talk about the Camila Velieva doping scandal in the figure skating event mm-hmm. at the Olympics. It is so complicated in the sense that I feel like there are so many facets of fucked up in this story that I went back and I kind of just had to like write everything from the beginning and figure out the facts yeah (laughs) because it's utter chaos right now you're just sitting at home with like tracks up on your wall and like red yarn connecting things 100 percent like actually yeah I it was full conspiracy theory mode I mean not even it's like let's get to the fucking truth because this is nuts so (laughs) 
Camila Villeva is a 15-year-old skater. She's been she's part of this uh, group of Russian girls that are known as the uh, the Quad Squad. They're like the first Russian girls, the only women ever first to land quads in a skate in a skating competition. I've had issue with the coaches and how they train their skaters for years. It's incredibly abusive and awful, and I'm going to talk about that. But doping has something to do with it. Right now, the Russians are competing under ROC or the mm-hmm. Russian Olympic Confederation or like, whatever. Yeah, committee or whatever. Committee, yeah. yeah, because of a previous doping scandal. So they're already not technically representing their country. They're representing their like Olympic whatever. But, but we they all are. know. We all know. It's I, still I the Russians. I never saw Icarus. But did you ever see Icarus? I didn't, but I know all about it. Yeah, it's like the whole doping documentary, right? Yeah, and doesn't that like focus very heavily on Russia as well? I'm sure it does. And, yeah. and I mean, this is something that Russia has been able to get away with many, 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 many times. So it's not super surprising, but this case really is something super weird. So Camila is 15 years old. She was given a random drug test on December 25th, 2021, which tested positive for three banned substances that are sometimes used to help the heart. So first and foremost, why the fuck are you giving a 15-year-old heart medication? Right. So I read earlier today, because I was like, I need to at least be up on this like a little bit. Right. That two of the substances weren't technically banned from the Olympics. They're not. They're So two of them... But they are like performance enhancing like heart Yes. Okay. So not every single drug in the world is listed on this anti-doping list and it's constantly being added to and things like that when new drugs are coming into um, the spotlight, I guess, because they're being picked up on these athletes tests. So one of the drugs that is on the list is called trimetzidine or what they just call TMZ, which I think is funny. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other two were, like you said, there aren't technically on the list of drugs that you can't take, but they're saying that the three drugs together are like a perfect cocktail for endurance, for recovery, for stamina. They say that it helps with um, keeping your oxygen or something. I'm not a doctor. I was reading all of it and it's almost like one year out in one ear out the other. Um, but, 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 but chief executive of the U.S. anti-doping agency named Travis Tigart said that the benefits of the combination of drugs seem to be aimed at increasing endurance, reducing fatigue and promoting greater efficiency in using oxygen. A member of the IOC board told reporters, oh, my God, this blew me away Mm. so it's not even someone from her camp this is someone from the IOC board is like it was because of cross-contamination with her grandfather yeah I heard that she said that she drank after her grandfather yes so her grandfather would like take her to practice every day and they lived together during the pandemic and all this stuff and it's like uh they could have her lawyer argued they should have they could have shared a glass they could have that's not how that works it's not how it works especially not with the amount that was in her system that is not how it works yeah, that's that is ludicrous. It's ludicrous, but they actually had her grandfather on video during the deposition in his car speaking in Russian, of course, and he's holding up this pill bottle like, look, this is my medication, blah, 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 blah. The mother said that the other two um, medications were because Camila has heart variations. I don't know what that means, but that was their defense in court. So. As I'm sure if any of you have been paying attention to this, you know that Camila was allowed to skate in the short program mm-hmm. on Tuesday. And people are very, very upset about this. People are very, very upset. And one thing that I want to mention before we get into 
why it's still fucked up, this was the first time that some of these new rules were put into effect to protect minors. So this was kind of like what they were saying. This is the first time we're trying all of this with someone of this age, of this caliber, blah, 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 blah. We can't hold a 15-year-old accountable and all of this kind of stuff. I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. Like, yeah. this is, it, it is tough because she is 15. And what I saw was them trying to determine whether or not she had the wherewithal or the like the foresight or the financial means. Which I can tell you she does. So let me tell you a little story. 11-year-old Maddie is going out to skate at a local competition in Minnesota. It's not a regionals. It's not in anything important. It's just like a we're going to a regular competition kind of day. And I have exercise-induced asthma, so I used an inhaler before I would compete, and I forgot. So we were like flagging my mom down from the stands, and she had to run down and give me my inhaler. Well, she was intercepted by an official, and they took my inhaler from her to look at what the ingredients were that she was giving me. And I was at like a nothing competition. And there was an interview with Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir where they spoke about the fact that they've been randomly drug tested since they were 12 and 13 years old because they knew that was part of their sport. Their parents would, you know, call to make sure they could even take certain cold medicine. Like right. when, you, when you're at that level of skating, everyone around you is so unbelievably aware of the fact that like they can literally catch you anywhere and give you a random drug right, test. Right, but I think that's what I'm, that's how I interpreted this yeah. is them saying they don't think it was her. They think it was the people around her, like her coaches, her parents. I do not think that this Camila girl was like, let me take this heart drug. I think so. A Terry and the two Daniels, fuck them. Those are her coaches. Okay. They're incredibly abusive. They weigh their students. They don't even let them swallow water at times. They make them work on jumps that these little bodies should not be doing. They all retire before they reach adulthood. It, they treat them like disposable coffee cups. And it makes me so mad. And it's ruining the sport. But I digress. <sighs> okay. The other reason that they were allowing her to skate was because of something called procedural circumstances and the right to a fair trial. So, like I said in the beginning, her original sample was taken on December 25th, but they didn't get the results of this sample until February 8th, 2022, after she had already competed in the team event. So the sample was sent to a lab in Sweden. I'm doing so much of this without my notes. I'm so proud of myself. But I'm also like, what took so long? Like, exactly. that's a long time. Exactly. And that was kind of the problem is that an athlete has the right to appeal before a competition to even score. Like, let's say, that there was a mix-up or there was something like not legitimate about the test or whatever. An athlete does have the right to appeal and it should happen before the competition. So the fact that it's happening amongst the competition is why the officials really didn't know what the fuck to do because it wasn't like they had all the time for all the hearings and everything like that. They had to expedite everything. And also they banned her for a little bit, which then meant she couldn't practice and all of that. And if she was going to skate, she has to practice. So they lifted the ban to let her practice until the hearing. It's, it's a whole thing. So essentially because of that huge gap, they are looking into why this Swedish lab didn't get it to them in time. Um, that to me seems like a bit of a conspiracy, but it does seem very, very strange that the results took that long. So on Tuesday morning, 
I wake up, I open my phone, and the first thing I see is that Camila Velieva is in first place after the individual short program, and my heart is broken. And it is broken because as of right now, if she finishes in the top three, neither she nor other medalists will receive the traditional medal ceremony, medal, or moment on the podium. None of the skaters, if she places in the top three. This is because there will be another hearing after the games to figure out if she deserves her medals or not. So you're tainting everybody else's Olympic experience So what's the point? What are we competing for if there's not even going to be a medal ceremony, if there's not going to be an anything? Because she was the favorite to win. And the thing that makes me so mad is this young girl is so talented i've been watching her skating for years she's got artistry she's flexible she can jump and most russian girls are more like robots they're not yeah yeah they don't have that same like ballet quality i think that we look for in skating and this girl really has it i really think she's so talented and it makes me so mad that when she probably could have done very well on her own merit the adults around her had to completely ruin her life and her career right i mean and you know, I can understand how devastating this is because she is a 15 year old and those questions do need to be asked. Like right. how much of this was a calculation that she made and how much of it was made for her. But no matter by people, who made the decision, she the should it, not have skated at the end. It shouldn't matter. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, like I feel like these roles have to be kind of put in place across the board and applied yes. to everybody kind of regardless. And if you think that there is any kind of abuse going on, well then like, I think you need to to look at whatever avenues you can to they rectify are, that. They are investigating her team right now, which I think is almost one of the most important things to come out of this, because I truly believe that that team of coaches is not just ruining the sport, but ruining these lives and traumatizing their skaters. This girl, and I'm not saying she's completely innocent or completely guilty. She's been hiding her head, crying every time she goes on the ice. I'm sure she just wants to go home. I wonder if she even wants to skate anymore. If I were her, I'd be like, I'm... I've been humiliated, I've been overwhelmed because she's Russian. She cannot go home. And I think one of the things that has been so glaringly obvious to the two of us and to a lot of other people that aren't skaters and aren't in the world and wouldn't think about all those little intricacies, it's the blatant difference in the way that some athletes are treated and other athletes are treated. Exactly. Like I can understand... I understand some of the nuance because I've read a lot of these like articles and stuff. Um, I can understand some of the nuance of the situation and I can have a lot of empathy for her situation. And the fact that it's a new rule and they don't know know what to do. However, like she is on a performance enhancing drug that gives her an edge over other competitors, period. Or she was like, period. And like, we have seen very recently, I mean, Shikari Richardson just recently talked about this where she was tweeting about this, where fastest woman in the world, she was on track to be the fastest woman in the world. Which is the same as Camila. She is on track to being in the top three. Right. So far, same thing. So, you know, she was not allowed to even go. Not allowed to even weed. attend because she smoked weed. And weed is not a performance enhancing drug. No. I mean, we did a whole mini episode back when right. all of this was happening where we raged about this. And Shakari Richardson took her lumps. Like yeah. she took it, you know, she was like, okay, 
I understand these are the rules. Yep. I'll come back better than ever next time. Like yeah. she even even though the entire world basically was like, this is stupid. Yeah, that I they mean, everybody was behind her. But, right, she, but she understood that like, OK, you know, I, I think these rules are dumb, but they are the rules. And yep. like it, it's hard for me and it sucks. And, and she's an athlete and she knows the rules. Because right. you take responsibility for those things. So she's upset now. Yeah. Like, now I mean, she's upset. Shikari is is an adult, though, right? She is, but she was a very young adult. I think That's she was I, only like 18 or 19. Oh, like. yeah. She's she's not like a full-grown woman or anything like that. But I do think that the major issue, or I should say the major difference, is the fact that this girl was 15. But I also think that that's a very convenient response when you're seeing two cases that are absolutely completely similar. And really, the age and the race are the only two things well, that are different. and the thing is, like... That's not even those should be two separate issues as far as I'm concerned. Like her age, the issue with that for me is, child is that she's being manipulated and potentially abused by the people around her. And yeah. that's a separate thing that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. It's unfair to the rest of these competitors yep. to allow her to compete whenever she has been on drugs that increase her endurance, increase her stamina. Yep. Like that's it's it's not fair to the yeah. other competitors. And so like as much as it sucks for this very talented girl who probably didn't make a lot of these decisions for herself, I it sucks for her. Did. It does. But I think that it's you you can't let her compete like no. that's so. And she she never should have stepped on that ice. So while she was skating, the usual chatty uh, Johnny and Tara were completely silent. Every once in a while, they would just like mention the element that she did. And then at the very end, Johnny was like, I don't know what else to say, but that was the Olympic short program of Camila Velieva at the Olympics or whatever. They didn't make any other commentary or anything. Um, Ashley Wagner, a former U.S. Olympian, has been very vocal. She's got a uh, peacock show right now uh, that's going on during the Olympics where she's talked about it. But Adam Rapon, he's become like our Michelle Kwan, I feel like, of today mm -hmm. because everybody knows his name. Yeah, yeah. He's and a celebrity. He's a yeah. celebrity now. Yeah. So he gave an interview and I feel like his quote encapsulates a lot of what we were just saying. He said, it's all just so unfair. And now it's also unfair to all these ladies because their whole Olympic experience is now mm -hmm. wrapped up in the controversy because a country doesn't want to play by the damn rules. What this says is that the team around her are child abusers. Yeah. The only thing they care about is performance, not the health and well-being of their athletes. They are a factory that pumps out children who can compete up to a certain point. It doesn't feel like the coaches involved in the ladies program are coaches at all, but dog trainers. They're running a circus. So... Like I mentioned briefly, the main coach, Terry Tuparitsa, has had multiple Olympic champions since 2013 when she first kind of came onto the scene. And these Russian girls have dominated ever since. Russian girls were not prominent when I was growing up. And this is like a newer thing. In figure skating. In figure skating, yeah. yeah. It, the men were like winning everything. The women struggled a little bit more and the Americans and the Canadians were really more prominent. And this has been a really, really major shift. And she's absolutely dominated. And the fact that she's using these methods for these girls to do these jumps, it's forcing girls like our American skaters to try to land these quads and these difficult jumps, which you have to starve yourself to stay small and you have to overwork yourself and you're beating your body up so much that you're not going to be able to skate much longer. And that's what makes me so 
mad is that we don't have these Michelle Kwans or Sasha Cohens or we get to grow with them and love them like we do with most of our athletes because these girls skate for two years and then they're broken and they can't yeah. do anything anymore. Listen, I Or they know. have eating disorders or they're in hospitals or it's like, Our listeners are probably sick of me saying this, but like I have such an issue with the way sports are done totally like not just in this country everywhere yeah. like I have such an issue I mean and it's indicative of a bigger issue right where it's just like the commodification and like the feeling like we need to any talent we have we need to squeeze every last bit of well, everything yeah, athletes, out of it athletes are are a commodity a lot like entertainers and different things like right. that well, where they aren't they aren't treated with the same care you can't just you, because we live in such a a capitalist society you can't yeah. just enjoy something to enjoy it you can't just compete just to for the joy of competition you can't just skate just because you love skating everything you have to you have to squeeze every last bit of everything out of it and it destroys people yeah um and the olympics more and more are just like destroying communities they're destroying people like it's just it's upsetting i'm just hoping that now that we live in a world where, where more people are talking and being open about this kind of stuff, that it's not going to be like a drastic now change. But I'm hoping slowly but surely more and more rules and policies can be put in place to protect especially children who are in sports because that's going to carry them into adulthood. There have been so many rules that have been changed in skating, especially after I discussed the coach that I grew up with who is now in prison for you mm-hmm. know raping one of his skaters over years. Um, it's just kind of like with everything, you know, with the Me Too movement, with with all of these big movements, I feel like it's just going to take time and enough people being angry and talking about it, why it's wrong and talking about why it's wrong to eventually have these problems be fixed. Mm-hmm. Because I love sports like skating. Like, I still feel like a skater inside. Like, I know that sounds so silly, but it was my entire no, listen, life. I understand it. And I, I get it. I get why people love sports. There's an attachment there. It but I people want together. people to be safe and happy and loved. And, but I don't want people to do the sport if they're going to be traumatized because of it. I mean, it's it's this, it's part of the same reason. I mean, I have a lot of problems with the NFL, but like, that's a big thing as well, where like all of these players are getting CTE and for yeah. years and years they knew about it and didn't care. And like, people are dying. And people and make, people oh, are, and football players like, make jokes about it and it's like it's not a big deal and it's crazy it's terrible so you know I'm going to finish off this segment by giving a quote by someone that we know about on this show Syria Bonnelly Mm -hmm. the amazing black skater to do the kick-ass backflip she puts it best by saying it's good to win medals but you don't want to be traumatized for the rest of your life yeah I mean, yeah, of course like I, I understand it's this thing that you like work towards for your entire life and I understand being at the top of your field and and wanting to enjoy that, but this doesn't feel enjoyable to me. This feels like a traumatic experience for you, everyone involved. And you will retire. You will leave the sport. That's just going to happen someday. And you don't want to leave the sport a broken shell of a person. Yeah. Like, I even think that there's a lot more protecting that could have been done with me when I was a kid. I think about all the issues I had after I skated and I wasn't a professional. I wasn't at that level. Well, I think they're eventually going to have to change the rules to not allow people under a certain age to Well, that that has been a big thing forever. So that was the other thing they asked Adam about in the interview because they did change it from being the ladies event to the women's event. And so he was like, if they're going to change the name, show me some women. 
Why am I still seeing right. little girls skating? They should still be in juniors. And once they reach 18 and can skate with the adults whose bodies have fully formed, then it's an even more right. even playing And field. if we're going to have these different roles for minors and adults, then... They shouldn't be competing together. Yep. Then we need to have a children's division and a women's division. And honestly... And like, that's it. And it should also stay that way because it will be protecting children from exactly. predators. Yeah, yeah. That's another big thing is that in the skating world, especially there will be Paris teams with a 12-year-old girl and a 28 year old guy you know what I mean like there has to be so much more caution it's 2022 what are we doing what are we doing that to me like we could have avoided a lot of this if it had been someone who was 18 or over and they found that inner system it would have been a done deal like we wouldn't be even having these conversations so like if we're gonna have these different roles then you need to split them up like that's it or not allow people to compete until they're 18 as a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How long did I rant about that? Uh, 22-ish minutes. <laughs> but it's all good. Okay, so I have one thing to talk about today. <laughs> that was my one thing. Yes. No, I know. I was like, we're going to talk about this for a minute. This so- is why I love you so much. You get me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Anytime. Um, so we could be very soon seeing a no-fly list for anti-maskers. So it's no secret that flight attendants are done with misbehaving assholes. It's kind of all over the internet. It's kind of been this running joke, however, like, bleak. (laughs) I mean, I'm sick of asking people to wear their masks at my job. I can't imagine what it would be like being in an airplane where you're literally just like, wear your mask, wear your mask, wear your mask, wear your mask. I mean, it's been, there have been, like, moments of humor that are kind of funny, like, when people have shared videos of their flight attendants, like, over the loudspeaker being like, we will turn this plane around if y'all can't act right like yeah. that's just the way it is but unfortunately that that humor comes from like a trauma that they've experienced basically since we've resumed life during this pandemic and right. resumed travel uh nearly 500 unruly passenger incidents have been reported in the first six weeks of 2022 that so, almost uh, seems like not enough well <laughs> yeah i mean 500 in six weeks. Uh, yeah, I guess that is a lot. The Federal Aviation Administration um, showed that a total of more than 6,400 incidents since the start of 2021. About two-thirds of the reports this year allege violations to the federal mask mandate. The FAA said Wednesday it has referred a total of 80 incidents to the Justice Department to consider criminal prosecution. Wow. So 500 unruly passenger incidents, with most of those being about the mask mandate. Right. 80 of them, they've been like, actually, these incidents were so bad because they involved like physical assault sexual assault totally um, when people get so mad mm -hmm. because you ask them to cover their face yeah that they've actually had to go to the justice department and be like oh I've seen some videos of people like having full on brawls on airplanes and that is as a fellow passenger would be terrifying for me like I would have a full on panic attack you're in the sky yeah and these and there's a physical altercation you're fucking stuck flight attendants should not be having to deal with this this is not part of their job description I don't know what their pay is but they're not paid enough not enough not enough to deal with that not enough like, and I remember there was one time when they like, cause this guy was losing it. Yeah. They like duct taped his hands to the, um, to his seat. And I think they all got fired. Like all, everyone, I was going like, to say, I don't think that's legal. But he was being physical with them. Like, I know. But yeah, exactly. What are you supposed, what are you to, supposed do? to do? There's no cop in the air with handcuffs ready for you. Like I totally get Shouldn't why they an did air that. Marshal? I feel like there should Actually, be. yeah, there should definitely be an air marshal. Where's the air marshal? What's he doing? <laughs> or taking she? A, taking a nap? Right. Yeah, geez, Keegan. Sorry. Not all air marshals are men. Sorry. Uh, the spike in incidents has airlines calling for a government-coordinated no-fly list for passengers who create in-flight disturbance. So airlines are able to ban unruly passengers from their own flights, but because of competition rules, they are not able to share this information with other carriers. So if you're banned from... South Delta flight, yeah. yeah, you can still like go catch an American flight to go like wherever you're going, yeah, um, and just wreak havoc 
on that flight instead. And then be banned on that one and then go to the next one and be banned on that one. Right, but they can't share. They can be like, okay, it's in Delta's records that you can never fly Delta again, but you could go to Southwest. So jurisdictional. Yeah. Just work together, everybody. The airline industry asked in September that they be allowed to create a list that could be shared across carriers, and Delta renewed this request earlier this month in a letter to the Justice Department. The list would be separate from the existing government-run list that is part of the FBI's terrorist screening database. So separate lists. It's not like they're going on the same list with, you know, (laughs) enemies of our country. Right, 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 right. right. They're on a, I mean... They are. They are enemies of our country, but... But still, even not though, the same level of threat. Possibly. Yeah. Even though they're separate databases, of course, Republicans are pushing back a group of Republican senators who say they, quote, strongly condemn the violence, but they have urged the DOJ to reject the request. They wrote a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland on Monday saying, quote, creating a federal no fly list for unruly passengers who are skeptical of this mandate would seemingly equate them to terrorists who seek to actively take the lives of Americans and perpetrate acts on way, the homeland. Way to just like overreact. Overreact. But they know that if they say these things, if they can get yes. these things out there, like these sound bites out there that like, People are going to listen. Fox News is going to pick that up and that's what they're going to pinpoint despite the fact that they are two separate lists. All they're going to say is they want to put me on a list with Al-Qaeda, right? I mean... Of course, the likes of Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz are on the list of senators who have dissented. A major flight attendant group responded sharply to the letter. Sarah Nelson, who's the president of the Association of Flight Attendants, called it irresponsible and political brinkmanship that puts our economic security at risk along with our lives. Yeah. We have been punched, kicked, spit on, and sexually assaulted. We urge the FAA, TSA, and DOJ to come together to implement a plan with due process to keep dangerous flyers on the ground. So while the above is obviously the most important, I can also say as someone who flies several times a year, um, I don't want these people on my flight. No, no. They obviously don't care about anybody else's safety, but their own. And also just like if a plane gets grounded or turned around because some fucking asshole decided not to put a mask on. You're going to have to deal with Keegan. I am going to be so furious yeah like traveling already sucks yeah right? don't make it longer and more arduous than it has For to be everybody yeah. like just because you want to make some kind of point it's so wild to me and look i get it wearing a mask on a plane it sucks it really really does like it is uncomfortable like i don't like it but guess what like that's the price you pay to be in society. I literally wear a mask eight hours a day every single time I go to work. I can't take it off. Sometimes I'm wearing two masks. You know what I mean? Just fucking deal with it. Like that's just we're what all it is. dealing with it. Everyone is dealing with it. And guess what? You can drive across the country. Yeah. If you don't want to put a mask on. Exactly. So there you go. There you have it. So I did want to mention that we got a sister solidarity story. Wow. Flashback. And yeah. that I was like, oh, my God. I loved when we did that. Yeah. That was so much fun. Yeah. I didn't reach out to this listener to make sure they wanted their story shared or not. So we're not going to share the story on this mini episode. But I was like, you all, if you want to send us a sister solidarity story, we would so appreciate that. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's essentially any sort of story where it's women supporting women or not even women supporting women, but someone else in your life that has supported you in a way that you feel is like a... Feminist supporting a feminist. There we go. Feminist solidarity stories. Or even just like 
truly we had some where it's just like a human supporting a human exactly times are really hard and we are more divided than ever in so many ways if there was a moment of kindness in your life (laughs) please share it yeah either like you did something really kind for someone else or someone did something unexpectedly kind for you yeah i'd love to hear those as well like you know i just i want I I want reminders. And I think it would be a good thing to bring back for our mini episodes because they can be so heavy. So I'm so thankful for that listener for like bringing a total flashback back into my brain with those stories. So thank you so much. I'm going to reach out to you and see if you want us to share your story next week on the mini, if you're listening. Um, If you would like to share a story with us or give us any ideas for news topics for the future, you can go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. Before I continue with my spiel, I want to remind everyone that we have some lovely Black History Month merch up in our Threadless store. I so, ordered a notebook. <gasps> I'm very excited. I'm going to oh. use it for my notes for uh, Once on the Silent. I'm assistant directing a, a production. Yes. And I got a notebook that has black excellence on it. <gasps> so I'm very And it's very for excited. the Black Arts Alliance too, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's my so Black perfect. Arts Alliance notebook. So I, I got it. my black excellence Madigan designed <gasps> notebook to use. I love it. Yes, I'm pretty proud of them. I think they look pretty cool. Um, If you all want to purchase any merch, you can go to the link in our bio on our Instagram, or you can also click on the link in our show notes, and you'll find it all there. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners in the group page. Last but certainly not least, if you haven't left us a review on Apple Podcasts, that is the best way that you can support Keegan and I. So if you haven't done so, hop on over to that app. Leave us a five-star review with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show, and we will be eternally grateful. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.